Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So today I want to continue, and that is the heartbeat of faith. Someone say the heartbeat of faith. How many of you know that everything is a fight for your faith? Have you noticed that? I'm going to be talking about this after the Christmas holiday, but many times there's our action, and then there's our reaction in life, right? And we base that on faith. And sometimes faith tells you to keep believing, but just wait now, trust in God. And that's your inaction sometimes. Faith without works is dead, but there are times where God says, you can do nothing else in your strength. It's time to just trust me and believe. And how many of you know that once your faith has been tested, you get to see whether you pass the test or not? How many of y'all are either in pastor's spiritual warfare class or you've been in that class? Raise your hand. You've either been in it or you're in it right now. Quite a few folks in this house. And y'all know the test? Man, and dad likes to say this. I don't know if he told y'all this. He said, put your name on your paper so we know who to congratulate. Some people are like, I ain't putting my name on this paper, man. This is a tough one. Maybe we'll just kind of put this out there. But we've learned this in life, and that is that everything tests your faith, and when you don't pass, you got to take the test again. See, right now, I remember we, we were two weeks in. I thought two or three weeks in. That was probably two weeks into COVID in March. Someone said, man, I'll be glad when this is over. Here we are nine months later, and your faith is still being tested. You say, oh, not mine. I'm still working. Yeah, but it's tested somehow. It's tested somehow. Your faith is being tested somehow. It's a crazy year. There are those who said, I'm not going to be in gatherings, and they weren't in any gatherings, and they still had, got COVID. Dad says, no, they went to Walmart. But I have, I have relatives even. I have relatives even. I think they did go to Walmart, maybe. It was funny, man. In March, April, people were so mad at us, but they were out shopping. Y'all don't care about people, man. Y'all got the church open. Now other churches have taken a break. They're doing Facebook Live or whatever, and people have spoken awful things against them, said, y'all don't have no faith. You're closed. Listen, man, people got to hear from God and do what they feel is right. You're here today because you felt peace about coming, and here you are. You're here online, joining us online. Praise God. You felt peace about that. You said, I'm not able to be there, but I'm going to join in spirit and in truth, and I'm going to take part in the service, even if it's virtual. But here you are. And no, this isn't a lecture about, oh man, you, you wear a mask and you don't have faith or not. No, this is a lecture about it's between you and God and you need to, you need to get your faith up. There's a saying in boxing and wrestling and say, all right, bro, it's time to get your weight up. You got a fight coming, let's get your weight back up. In the same way, it's time to get your faith up. This is the heartbeat of faith. And faith... Faith is amazing, and I'm going to get into these verses, Hebrews 11.1. 1. We can go ahead and put Hebrews 11.1 1 up there, Micah, if you want. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Look at that. Faith shows, one translation says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Huh. This says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. A newer revision of this actual version here from 2015 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. You haven't been 
you, you haven't had faith until you've been in a fight. People say, no, I can lift a lot of weight. I remember, I remember guys going to the gym with us back in the day and we'd work out, and guys would lie. We'd go in the gym, say, man, how much do you bench? I don't know why that's so important. It's probably overrated, right? How much do you bench? Dudes would be lying. I bench 350. No one had ever seen them bench over 200. Maybe that was their faith. But at some point, you gotta put, you've got to put your, your money where your mouth is. At some point, you've got to put your action where your faith is. I've heard people all year say, no, I, no, I have faith. But, well, come on now. This is your chance. This is your chance to believe and keep believing and keep believing. And, hey, our faith is at different levels, and that's fine. But I know this. God has given each of us the measure of faith, Scripture says. Everybody has faith. Everybody has faith. But Jesus talked about three different types. Do you remember that? Jesus said faithless, which means no faith. It's just none. He said this faithless generation, there's just no faith. And then he said little faith, right? And then he said great faith. So let's get into Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Let's see how far we get into this today. And then I'm going to give you a few points. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. I love this translation. Look, it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Let's do this one. In, uh, let's do 11.1 in Amplified if you have it. Let's do 11.1 in Amplified if you have that one. Look at this. Now, faith is the assurance. It's the confirmation. It's the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith what? Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Let's put that up there again, the beginning of that verse. We'll just let that soak in. Just look at that for a minute. Go ahead. Just look at that. I'm going to just read this first part again. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. How many of you know that without hope, you don't have faith? Without hope, you don't have faith. All right, we'll get into more of that in a minute. Let's go to verse 2, and we're just going to go on through in the New Living Translation. Hebrews 11.2 in the New Living Translation. Look at this. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. I think some translations say a good reward. Did you know faith is honored? God gave us the measure of faith, but then you get to develop it. God gave, gave everybody a body and endurance, but you get to go to the gym or you get to go run. And I'm going to be real with you. People who are joggers and run and stuff, I don't know how they do it. I hate just, out there, just being out there running. I hate that. My sister, she's been running like since for years. She's a runner, man. That's great. But at some point, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Even as a kid, I was like, let's have a sprint. It's over. You won, I won, but it's over in about 10 to 15 seconds, right? It's done. But how many of you know that faith is a race, but it's not, one, one gospel hip-hop artist said years ago, it's a race, but not the NASCAR. It's a, it's a run of endurance. It's a race of endurance. And God gave us all these gifts that we can develop. It's interesting. I've seen people over the years, they see someone running down the street, and it's funny when Guys who are ripped and stuff, they like to run without a shirt on. Have y'all seen that? I'm like, okay, well, looks great, brother, but whatever. And they're running. 
And the more ripped they get, they get a new tattoo. Have you seen that? I don't know what the culture of that is. They get a dragon and an arrow and a tribal. I'm like, dang. And then he's just ripped running with his shirt off. And people see someone running and they go, man, do you see him? And people, they do. They, they really, they assess them. People watch them run and they, they, real quick, people go, I want, you can tell what level of their training they're in. They're a little chunky. People go, all right, that's good, man. They're out there running. That's good. People do it and you've done it. They go, man, good for you. Like, man, go get them. I talk to people when they're running. Ripped or not, I'm all, man, yeah, come on, let's go. Let's go. That's great. But I ain't going to be joining you anytime soon. Go. God go with you. God be with you. God bless you. See you later. I'll meet you over there in the car, right? But then people see someone who's real fit running, and they go, here's what they say. Look how wise this is. They go, he doesn't need to run. Look how he looks. No, he was born looking like that. That's rare. Don't get me wrong. I've had the privilege of probably of two or three people in my life growing up out of the hundreds and thousands of people I've known, that they got built in the morning. These are guys from making the bed. Really. I've seen guys who go to the gym for a week and you just see results. I'm like, wow. But most people aren't like that, right? We're not like that. That's their superpower. But then I've, guys, I've seen guys who look great, but then they could barely lift 50 pounds. So, I mean, <laughs> they look good, right? But we've all been able to start at the same place and work on it. Is everybody with me? You can work on it. You develop it. Just like you develop your body, your thought life, you can develop your faith. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel, remember Cain and Abel? Brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed what? His approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith. Look, there's a lot in here, but I'm not going to dwell on all of it. I just want to give you an overview, okay? It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. This guy served God for 300 years, Scripture says, and God enjoyed hanging out with him so much that God said, I'm going to just bring you up with me. He never even died. That's crazy. He was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a what? As a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Some translations say diligently seek him. What does verse 7 say? It was by faith. That Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his what? Faith. Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without what? Knowing where he was going. Now is that crazy or what? How many of you in this room, let's be real, how many of you in this room, you need a plan? Most of the time you're like, I need a plan to roll. I need a plan. Let's see your hands. Okay. Put them, put them down. Put your hands down. Now, How many of you say, when it's time to ride, I ride. When it's time to roll, I go. How many of you just say, I don't need a plan? Raise your hand. Let's be honest. God bless you for your honesty. He's like, no, we're just going to do it. Okay. 
That's good and bad, right? I'm, I'm, I'm more of the one that doesn't need a plan as much, but my wife has helped me with that. You have to have a plan, right? So God said, hey, go, Abraham. Abraham's like, where? God says, I'll tell you. Like, Can you imagine? I'll tell you when you get there. <laughs> I'd love to do that with people on the road. Did you know as youth pastor in 2002, I did that one time? We left on a trip. We loaded up the van and a truck, and everybody said, where are we going? I said, I'll, I'll let you know when we get there. And we just started driving north. No, and I told them that. I said, people were like, for weeks leading up to it, we took about 15 or 20 people. And I said, I'm a, I've always wanted to do this. I love to travel. I said, where do y'all want to go? And they had ideas. People were like, let's go to L.A. I'm all, that's dumb. Cancel. Right? <laughs> people were, let's go to Florida. Others are like, let's, let's go to Lubbock. I'm all, you go to Lubbock every other week. So at some point, I was like, I looked at a map. And even though I didn't have a plan, I kind of had a plan. I'm more of a free spirit that way. We drove, we stayed the night somewhere, and the next day we, ended, we wound up in Colorado Springs. We went to the zoo, took the kids to go see some, a movie or something, and we hung out, went to the mall. It was a fun time. But, man, I, I bet some of the folks, it was, it was tripping them out, man. Can you imagine? You get in the vehicle, where are we going? It's a secret. <laughs> were you on that trip? Yeah, and y'all were there. Huh? That's the beauty of being me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I w we were safe. Anyone who knows me knows that on youth trips I wasn't speeding. Never got a ticket on a youth trip. So we got there slow and steady when parents are like, where are you? No, and it was funny because I had some, that's funny that you asked. Some of the parents said, where y'all going? I said, I'll have them call you when we get there. And they can tell you. And I, I, I think with one parent I gave them a, a, a a maximum on, on driving distance. I said, we're not going to drive any more than 12 hours or something like that. I don't know what I said. And the, yeah, and parents were like, okay, y'all be safe. But kids had cell phones too, remember? 2002, cell phones were around, so they were calling. I don't know if they were texting at that time. But yeah, most of the time you really, you really need a plan. But look, look at this guy. God told Abraham, move, leave, leave your family, leave everybody. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Where are we going, God? You'll find out soon enough. Look at this verse, verse 9. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, Jacob who inherited what? The same promise. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Oh, I love this. Let's talk about Sarah now. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. That is powerful. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, right? One man and one woman, and they were just about done. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All because, it will stop there, all because someone believed. All because someone believed. Dad and I were watching a, a movie. Y'all should check it out. Um, it's called Valkyrie. You guys remember that movie? Tom Cruise is in that, and it's based on the true story of those that were trying to overthrow Hitler. Because even as Nazis, many, many in the, the Nazi party, they said, they said, this is crazy. He's destroying Germany. He's going to destroy Europe. And they, many of them, believe it or not, were upset about the concentration camps. 
And I'll never forget what one man said. They brought in a guy named uh, Stauffenberg. That was his last name. He was a colonel. And he said, we need you in position because when it's time, it may all come down to one man, one person, the power of one. You say, how much is my faith worth? Some of you, your entire families have changed because you believed. I'm watching it right now. I'm watching it. And you know who you are. I'm watching it. I've seen it over the years. Your entire family has changed and is changing because you believed. I'm here today because one man believed on each side of the family. That's a miracle. My grandpa Treadwell, God spoke to him at his mom's funeral. He was so heartbroken, she died in her 40s. He was so heartbroken, someone gave him a copy of the book of John and said, read that if you want to see your mom again. My grandpa Treadwell read it. Man, he was a honky-tonk man. He was a smoker and everything else. I don't know what else he was into. Somebody else told us later, hey, he was a, I mean, this is like blasphemy, right? Someone later goes, you know your grandpa was a ladies' man. People were all, <laughs> it was our Uncle JB, remember? He was in his 90s. We don't even know if that's true or not, but. Well, this dude, out of nowhere, Grandpa Treadwell, he began a legacy of faith. He believed God, became a missionary, married my Grandma Treadwell. Same for her. Had my mom. And then on dad's side of the family, Grandpa Sinna, hardcore, man, but not saved. They feared God, but he wasn't saved. Someone led him to the Lord, and he said, we're going to follow God. You're going to give tithes and offerings. You're going to go to church. And there was never a debate about if they were going to go to church or not. It just takes one. You say, man, I feel like the burden of the world, the weight of the world is on my shoulders. It just takes one. At some point, you'll have someone pair up with you and hold on to you. Why do you think church is so important for your faith? Is anyone catching that? Church is so important for your faith. See, I can do it by myself. Oh, no. It starts with one, but you're going to need someone else because Scripture says two are better than one. Now is your time. Now is your moment. Many of you have been waiting. You've been praising God but and here's a little lighter comment someone sent out a meme said I sure haven't heard anyone say in 2021's my year yet said y'all are scared huh <laughs> oh 2021 is my year brother it still is but we don't know what's going to happen yet and 2020 whether you realize it or not it was your year you're still here you're still let's give the Lord a clap offer today go ahead You say, I don't know, I don't know, man. How do I get there? First point today is hope. Your hope says God can do anything. He can do anything. He can do this. His word promises he can do it. And then when you move from hope to faith, you say, ah, see how hope is related to faith. You go, no, he can do it, but I think he's going to do it. And then pretty soon you're saying, no, you know what? God is, he's going to do this for me. He's... And here's the amazing thing about God. He's concerned about small details of your life. You think he's concerned about your heartbeat? Oh, yeah. Let me give you a testimony about details. About two months ago, well, longer than that, I, I realize this, but about two months ago, maybe a month and a half, I said, Lord, I'm missing one of the keys to our house. We had three. I know exactly what they look like. Barry's like me. We memorize what keys look like. 
I know, and some of you are that way, you say, I know which key gets into what just by how it looks. Well, it's a real easy key. It's like this, like a sawtooth. There's no way Jen would know because I mess with the keys, you know. She has a key, I have a key, but there was a third. I said, man, Lord, where is that key? And I prayed believing. And I knew, I, it felt impossible to me when I did it, but I said, Lord, God can do anything. He cares about everything. So I said, Lord, would you help me find that key? I glanced around a few places. I was like, this is just going to frustrate me. I can't find stuff anyway. Y'all know how men are at the grocery store? They didn't have any bananas. They're big, bright yellow bananas over there. They didn't have any watermelons. They're this big. They, oh, you know what? They were out of Ritz crackers. There's a whole section of them. Men are like, I'm that way. I, but, you know, when I find stuff, I tell my wife, oh, this is how you feel all the time, huh? This is the power. You, you feel like this every day when you find stuff? Wow. You know, I'm holding it up like Legend of Zelda when he got a, a key, ding, in the game. <laughs> well, I said, Lord, I've preached this for years, and I've seen you do this in other areas, so... I need that key, Lord. It's, a, it's important. I don't want it just floating around. I was just about to text all of our inner circle and people that maybe had access to our house or staff or something. I said, no, Lord, you got to show me. So one day I texted Barry and I was, I said, hey, where's the keys to the storage room next to our office? And I was looking in an obscure place in a desk drawer hidden. And guess what? There was a drawer and a drawer and another drawer. And under some items, there was a box of keys, church keys. I'm going through them. And in the bottom of the box of church keys, I should have never even been in there in the first place. But I needed to get into the storage room for something. Something that turns out wasn't even in there. I didn't know, but I was being led by God after my prayer. I get into those keys and I pull out that key and I go, wait a minute, this looks like my house key. What on earth? A box of church keys hidden, hidden. I looked at it, and I couldn't even, I couldn't even fathom how it got there, and I just looked at it, and I went, there's no way. I pulled out my other keys and matched it. I'm all, I knew it's a, this is the same key. If God is concerned about tiny details of your life, don't you think he's concerned about your family? Don't you think he's concerned about what kind of Christmas you have? Don't you think he's concerned about what church family you're involved in? Don't you think he's concerned about your health? I love this one right here. God knows the number of hair on your head. For those listening to the audio, if you don't know, I'm bald. The video you can tell, I think, right? I knew I'd be okay, man, when Vin Diesel became cool in 2001. I said, he's bald, man. Can't act worth a flip, but he's bald, and people think he's cool. God cares about every detail of your life. So you got to start off with hope, and hope says, yeah, God can do anything. He's everywhere at once. He knows everything. He's with me. He promised. He said, I'm going to be with you forever. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. Can you imagine? He says in the Old Testament, I have loved you with an everlasting love. You know what everlasting means? Forever. And I don't mean junior high or high school type stuff. You remember that those days, junior high and high school? 
I remember people put Jeanette plus Jeff equals love forever. I remember be, not even being a teenager going, I was 12, I was like, you know, I know what you mean, but I don't think so. No, his love is everlasting, and that's why you got to keep your hope up so you can get your faith up. Keep hoping. Pastor Joel, that's one of, that was one of his lines for a long time. Keep hoping. It's on the way. God has never let you down before. You may not have understood. You may even said, man, Lord, what are you doing? But God knew what he was doing all along, so hope is your number one point today. And number two, pleasing God. What did that verse say? Without faith, it's impossible to please God, huh? Impossible to please God without faith. Why is it such a big deal to believe God? Well, believing God gives him great joy and pleasure. But did you know believing God requires imagination? Did you know before I found that key, I could imagine it in my mind? You say, how did you, how? Well, I had a copy of it on my key ring. I knew exactly what it looked like. But I could imagine myself finding it, and I had no idea where. A small item. I, I was like, I prayed, so the Holy Spirit knows where everything is. I prayed, and I found it because he, he, directed, he directed me to find it. And I know that believing God, even for the smallest of things, it honors him. Because he cares. But your faith, you've got to be able to see it. At some point, you get past hope, and you say, you know what? Now I can see it. I can see that new house. Some of you say, man, no, I can see that new ride. I can see that new car for me. It's been a long time coming, but I can see it. I can see it, man. I can see, oh, man, this is even more important. You say, man, I can see my, my son in church. You say, man, I can see my daughter or my aunt or my grandma or my neighbor. Man, I've been believing God for them. I see them serving God. I've had people tell me crazy stuff over the years that they were believing for, and I was like, because I wasn't there with them yet, and I hadn't been there with them in the prayer closet. But people said, Pastor, you know what I see? I see this. I'm like, well, praise God, I'm in agreement. Because I didn't know, but I knew I could unite my faith with theirs. They were believing. Jesus said, you can have what you say. You guys remember that? If you believe, if you believe it, you can have it. If it's according to God's will. And we know it's pleasing to God. He wants to bless bless people because remember jesus spoke of three times of types of faith what are the types faithless or no faith little faith big faith great faith so where do you fit in that's not a condemning message hitting you hard or anything my question is where do you fit in you need to take inventory of where you are and you need to build up in that area how just like when you go to the gym here's another gym thing right say hey man today we're gonna curl 50s like what well, I'll curl, I'll start off and I'll curl a burrito, right? Whatever I got to do. Whatever I got to do. Then it's 10 pounds, then it's 20 and 30. And you got to start somewhere. And everyone's at a different level, but praise God, we have the same Lord, the same faith, the same spirit. Is someone with me in the house today? Amen. Praise God. So here's the thing. You got to hope. You got to make sure you're pleasing God by your faith. And number three, many people don't know anything about this. I think you do. But there are people who struggle with this. Consistency. Man, you can't win if you don't show up there, right? I've had people, man, they said, man, I'm, I remember one dude, 
Back in the day, it was about 17 years ago. I remember him clearly. He used to come to this church. His dream was he's going to be an NBA player. He never played basketball, though. I mean, he liked it. He loved the idea of it. He's going to be. That's like me telling y'all right now, hey, y'all, get ready. I'm going to be a bodybuilder. Man, I worked out this past week, but it, I mean, it ain't like that. <laughs> I pulled my shoulder, too. I was doing a boxing workout, man. I was throwing such deep hooks and doing push-ups and different stuff. I was like, okay, I need a five-day break. <laughs> Act on it. You say, no, this is my vision. This is, and some of you say, man, I, I want a new house. Well, it's time. In 2021, here's what I prophesied to you. Get out and start looking. Because 2021 is your year to get a house. You're going to see the market's going to change. The market's changing. It is. You keep seeking God, keep giving tithe and offering in faith, and you be consistent. If we truly believe, why stop believing at any point? That's consistency. Ever. Don't ever stop believing. And let me tell you this right now. Faith isn't a feel-good, fake, temporary tool for getting what we want when we want and forgetting about God for another month or year. That's not faith. I have people tell me, man, I have faith, bro. I'm like, really? I'll see you at church. Okay, I'm there, man. They, they nope. Have people say, I have faith. Uh, did you go to the online? Did you check out church online? No, man. But I have faith. Really? Faith without works is dead. Muerte. In German, that's tot. T-O-T. For those of you who don't oblige English, right? Faith, let me say it again. Faith isn't a feel-good, fake, temporary tool for getting what we want when we want it and forgetting about God for another month or year. If you believe, you're planted, you're anchored, period. When Dad was building these buildings, you know how many naysayers there were? At one point, they had the foundation, they had the trusses up, and Dad was here, and there was a whirlwind or something, and it snapped and fell, and Dad was right there, right close to right directly under that light, right there. Underneath. Thousands of pounds. Thousands of pounds falling from at least 15 feet up. And people, people told Dad, I think someone went to see Dad in the hospital and said, see, that wasn't of God. What a great encouragement. <laughs> but Dad got up, God healed the hole in his lung got up and he was like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but God spoke to me. This is going to be debt free. People would show up. I don't know if they were gangsters or ghetto or selling drugs. They, Dad said there were people that would show up and he didn't even know them and they'd bring paper bags and go, Pastor, this is for you in the ministry. A paper bag? Right away, you, what do you do when you get a paper bag? First thing. You ready? You go. Yeah, hey, you you know. And then what do you do after that? You take cover. Go see what's in here, man. Full of money. Dad didn't even know these people. Maybe they never even came here once besides that time. There were no active millionaires in the church at that time. And the building went back up even after it collapsed. God took care of everything. Dad said at times they would just write the checks on Friday because they knew they were going to take up an offering Sunday. He said, we're just going to trust God that everybody's going to get paid. No bounce checks, not one. And the place went up, and it went up. And people said, oh, no, I don't know if that's of God. Well, God sure paid for it. 
And then the same thing with that building over said, man, why you want to? Dad would have a vision for something. He could see, and he's a visionary. He sees some big thing. And I know there's been times dad's told me stuff, and I'm like this. Oh, in Jesus' name, Lord. I'm like, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief, right? Dad can already see it, using his imagination for faith, and he's been consistent. It would be hard to follow someone's example if they're inconsistent, huh? Y'all wouldn't listen to a word I was saying if I was like, well, guys, I mean, I don't know. I may preach here once a month, but I'm your pastor. You'd be going, oh, what? Inconsistent. You know, some people are just consistently inconsistent. That's what they're consistent at. And if you believe, stay consistent. Don't be in and out. Don't, no, don't do it. Stick with God. Stay strong. Stay right. Because Scripture says all kinds of stuff that leads me to believe that it's best to just stay right with God. What if at some point people are playing games with God? And I don't know who this is for today. It may be for no one in this house or no one on the live stream. But let's just put this out there. What if someday God's Spirit stops calling you back to Him? Because that happens. At one point, God says, well, I'm not going to call them anymore. They just keep rejecting me. And we don't know the mind of God. I don't, but I know Scripture. And there comes a time and point. Scripture says, answer his call while it's still today. Seek him while he may be found. There may be times when people run into problems and they rejected God so long and they can't find God anymore. Seek him while he may be found. And that is consistency. Consistency. Cons Say, what is, what is consistency? Pastor Matt, can you put it in a nutshell for me? Thank you so much for asking, and I'll wrap it up with this this morning. Real simple. Prayer. Word. Word. Beyond a devotional. Devotional's good. But you need to have actual word. And devotionals need to guide you in praying and getting you into the Word. You say, man, I can't read that much right now. I can't read that many chapters. All I'm saying is read at least something in the Word of God every day. You, if you're able, read a chapter. Man, if you're able, read three chapters, because in three chapters, you knock out the Bible in a year. But if you're at a place, you say, man, I'm struggling, I'm going through it, I'm fighting this and that, get into the Word somehow every day. You've got to see the Word before your eyes. Even if you're meditating on a verse or five verses, you've got to meditate on the Word every day. Are you with me? So prayer, the Word, and connection. That's what you're doing this morning on Facebook Live and on YouTube. That's what you're doing in the house today. That's what we do in Bible studies throughout the church and throughout the city is you stay connected. When you get disconnected, the enemy has a way to kick your tail. You guys remember, I love this saying in Spanish. No somos machos, pero somos muchos. In English, we, we ain't all that awesome, man. We can't fight and we ain't that bad. But there's a lot of us. It sounds funnier in Spanish. It's like trying to translate a joke. People are all, is that it? In other words, you may be able to whoop me, but you can't whoop all of us. So that's why you stay connected. That's why marriages are so powerful. That's why families are powerful. That's why church is powerful. That's why connect groups are awesome. Why? Because you stay strong when you stay together. The Apostle Paul said, don't forsake getting together. Don't cancel out meeting together. However that looks, in person, online, let's gather, man. Let's gather. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes today.
I just feel God's pleasure with you today. God is so proud of you. Your willing hearts, your faith. Man, I can feel it in this house today. I can feel the presence of God, but I can feel how willing your hearts and how able you are to serve God. God is so pleased with you. You say, how do you know, Pastor Matt? Well, I feel it, but I know according to God's word. What pleases God is faith, and this, this house has an abundance of faith in it today. In, in person and online, there's faith in the house today. If there is anyone at the sound of my voice who says, Pastor Matt, I don't even know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I've ever accepted Jesus. If you have never accepted Jesus and made him your Lord or Savior, you've never done it, raise your hand. This is your first time to do that. I want to see you today. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray together. I want you to say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I believe He died and rose again for me. I cannot live without You, Lord. Cleanse me, forgive me, and save me from hell and from my own sin. I believe in Jesus' name. Now every eye looking at me. You can be seated. You can just stay seated today. But if there was something in that message today that was for you, I want you say, man, no, that really stuck. That's going to stick with me. I want you to raise your hand today. You say, man, there was something in there that God was speaking to me about. Let's pray over you and your reception of that message and what you're going to do with it. Let's agree today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because you're faithful and because you're good. We thank you, Lord God, because your word has fallen. We believe it's fallen on good ground today. And when your word falls on good ground, according to the parable of the sower spoken by Jesus himself, oh man, we receive the word gladly. It is sown. It grows into something great. And then we bear fruit. Once a seed is growing, it bears fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Scripture even talks about in the Old Testament, Lord, of a thousand fold return. Wow. Lord, that our faith would get there for 30, 60, 100-fold, and 1,000-fold return. Not just for tithing and offering, but, Lord, in actions of love and kindness and forgiveness and faith. Lord God, there will be things that we do in this life. There are things we've done and nobody knows about, but you know. And we will stand before you one day and we will offer that as a gift to you, our King. And when you give us a crown someday, a crown of glory, a crown of life, we will lay that at your feet too because you are worthy. Lord God, I was reading in Revelation last night and the Apostle John was seeing this vision and he was in heaven and the one who sits on the throne, he held a scroll and a strong angel said, who is found worthy to open this scroll? And the Apostle John he cried because no one was found worthy to open it. But I believe it was one of the four and twenty elders that looked at the Apostle John and said, Stop crying. The lion of the tribe of Judah, he has prevailed. He's the lion and he's the lamb, and he has prevailed to open the seal. He was found worthy. It all started with one God. All started with our Savior. We thank you for this Christmas season, Lord God. 
I thank you for this Christmas season. I know you're doing things in lives that we can't even imagine right now, Lord God, through Sunday service and Wednesday nights and connect groups, Lord God, and activities that we do as a church staff and as activities as we do as church members and those that volunteer and serve and those that come to church to receive and love each other. And Lord God, also the spiritual warfare classes in Spanish and in English, God, the classes, Lord, we thank you because you're using every little bit. And God, at times, it's felt like all we had to offer you was the widow's might. It's all we had to offer you, God, was just a little bit of something. It's all we had. But you took it. You took it. And you've turned it into something great, God. I don't need the praise of man. I don't need credit. My name doesn't have to be up in lights, God. I want to stand in heaven before Jesus one day, and I want to hear these words, Well done, you good and faithful servant. Welcome into the joy of your Lord. That's what I want to hear. And God, I want to take as many people with me so they hear the same thing. That's our calling. You've called us to love you and to share our faith. We'll read the word, we'll pray, and we will connect. And as we connect, we will share the message of the good news. I thank you for today. I thank you for the word. And I thank you for Christmas time. I give you glory today, Father, and I praise you. I thank you because you're faithful. We trust you today, God. And I speak the blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you, smile upon you, and be gracious to you, give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. You'll finish out this year strong, people of God. And next year will be your best year yet. Come hell or high water, it will be your best year yet. You'll see. Your relationship with God will thrive if you stay in what? Hope. Pleasing God. And being consistent. Hope leads to faith. So then we're going to please God by our faith. And in pleasing God by our faith, we're going to stay consistent, Lord God. I thank you for the privilege today. In Jesus' name. Somebody said, Amen.